Yo, Chad, what if I told you there's a platform that could completely revolutionize your hiring strategy in a matter of hours? Yeah, I'd call bullshit. Well, it's not bullshit with AI for jobs powered by our friends at This Way Global. Okay, I'm listening. Uh, While everyone else is fishing in the same old talent pools, AI for Jobs can source over 160 million diverse candidate profiles. This Way Global has established unique partnerships with over 8,500 trusted diversity partners. So wait a minute. All of the hard on-the-ground work is already done. That's right, Cowboy. You can discover 300 qualified candidates per job rack instantly. Wow. It's like having a candidate sourcing magic wand. (laughs) Dude, if you had a magic wand, you would have Mexican pizzas all day. Mm. Uh, Stop distracting me, Sowash. AI for Jobs Advanced Matching Algorithm analyzes past applicants using trillions of historical matching events and over 1,600 data points. Now that is what AI should be doing, saving recruiters time on sourcing while they provide a white glove candidate experience. Let's wrap this shit up. I'm hungry. Listen up, kids. Revolutionize your hiring process today by jumping over to thiswayglobal.com and checking out AI for Jobs, where you can learn more about how to leverage AI for your recruiting instead of just writing poems and grocery lists. That is thiswayglobal.com. We out. Sovereign is known for providing the world's best and most accurate parsing products. And now, based on that technology, comes Sovereign's artificial intelligence matching and scoring software. In fractions of a second, receive match results that provide candidates scored by fit to job, and just as importantly, the jobs fit to the candidate. Make faster and better placements. Find out more about our suite of products today by visiting Sovereign.com. That's S-O-V-R-E-N dot com. We provide technology that thinks, communicates, and collaborates like a human. Sovereign. Software so human, you'll want to take it to dinner. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. What's up, boys and girls? Welcome to the Chad and Cheese Podcast. I'm your co-host. Joel Cheeseman. And I am Chad Sowash. And today we have the pleasure of being joined by cosmetic royalty, uh, RuPaul Nair, uh, heir to the (laughs) Nair fortune of (laughs) hair removal. Uh, RuPaul, welcome to the show. No, no, no. His name's Rupesh, number one. And the last name, I believe, is Nair. Is is that how you say it, Rupesh? Almost there. Rupesh okay. Nair is how you how you say Nair. It. Okay. Boy, fuck that up. <laughs> Ru, Rupesh, the head man in charge over at Symphony Talent. Let me do this again. Rupesh, welcome to the show. Good to uh, to have you join us today. Thank. Chad and I are milking uh, hangovers from the Super Bowl, uh, so don't don't talk too loud if you uh, if you can help it. Keep it down. Thank you, Joel and Chad, and really happy to be on the show. It's one of my favorites, so thank you for having me. 
Excellent. Nice. Way to suck up early on in the I show. I love that's, it. That's, that's always a, a plus. That's pretty smart. You can. Yeah, that's what. That's what a smart CEO does, right? That's uh, right. That's so, right. So, right out of the gate, uh, I mean, what brought you to this? What brought you to this industry? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, so, four and a half years ago, I didn't know anything about talent acquisition, or for that matter, uh, recruitment marketing, or anything we do here at Symphony and Smash Flight today. I had an experience. I had all my experience before that, about 15 years in consumer marketing and technology. And uh, when I got a call from the board, who's now the board of Symphony Talent, uh, basically they talked to me about an opportunity to really transform an industry, which kind of is going through a similar transformation as consumer marketing and technology went through. Uh, you know, about a decade ago, and I just got excited about it. I, I, I the way I told my friends, I said, "Hey." You know, today I, I help companies sell detergent and shoes, and <laughs> and tomorrow I'm 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 going to help companies sell jobs and and life. So that's basically what got me excited, and and it, it has been an awesome journey, as you guys can see. You chose wisely. You chose wisely. So let us, let us dig into uh, Symphony Talent. I know we want to talk about the acquisition of Smashfly, but um, for those listeners out there that don't know what you guys do, give them give them the pitch. Yeah, it's a sim- simple words. Uh, pretty much what I said before. We kind of are in the in the in the business of redefining how employers connect with talent and kind of bringing in all the all the new innovative thinking on how how the connection happens between between people and then bringing in bringing it into the world of career marketing and talent acquisition so that's what we have been doing for the last uh, five years and and before uh, and with, with smashfly coming in that's become even more interesting for us overall uh, as a combined company before we get into the the smash fly Joel just wants to go straight straight for the stuff right I want to hear a little history about <laughs> you know what pieces parts came together to create symphony because I mean th- yeah. there were all these different pieces and it it was an amalgamation of for a while, it seemed to just like craziness. It, it was, yeah, agencies, technology, background check. Tell us, tell us a little bit about that. Yep, yep, yep. And that's basically, you know, fortunately what got me my job, you know, because there was history which led to me coming in. Um, as you guys might know, Symphony Technology Group acquired uh, acquired a few companies, specifically starting with First Advantage. And then, uh, then finally, which was a which was early early CRM uh, in the in the early 2010s, I would I would I would say Jason Kerr days. Yep, yep. And then basically, from there, uh, they recognized quickly that you know First Advantage was a transactional uh, background check business. So they basically convert, they peeled that out of the business and took all the other pieces, skill assessments, uh, the ATS part at that time, and CRM. Uh, and kind of merged it together and brought Hodas in at that point. And this was all before my time. Uh, but obviously, you guys, some of you guys know the history. The acquisition didn't really go as well as it was planned. And then, and especially, you know, kind of coming in, thinking about cultural uh, combination of uh, agency and bringing in technology and agency together uh, was not as simple as it was initially perceived. And, and that's what led frankly, to me getting my job about five years ago, because that's exactly what we did in my previous organization at, at, at Sapien. We brought technology and, and creative agency into one single play in the consumer world. And, and basically over the last, uh, I think, five years, what we have done is exactly that, uh, Chad and Joel. We basically kind of 
brought Codis, as you guys uh, you know know that really well. It's it's the it's the it was it has been around for I would say about forty years now as yeah. that employer brand agency kind of transforming itself uh, over the years, uh, but at the same time uh, kind of having strong relationship with some clients and have, bringing some awesome creative and strategic capabilities into the table. But then then we rewrote all the platforms involved between skill assessments to basically the CRM to career website to programmatic media and bringing all those things together into one single platform we, we, we called as Experience Cloud. Uh, and, and the idea was that, you know, we wanted to focus on kind of really transforming the experience for for both the candidates, employees, and and the employers. And that's what we did. We kind of rewrote everything in, in modern technology. We brought in a lot of the ideas around how do we use creative and content in the context of the technology to drive personalization, drive that seamless uh, candidate engagement. And and that led to where we, we were early this year. Uh, I mean, I say early, early last year, uh, when we had a strong set of technology suite, and we also had a had an awesome uh, awesome creative capability, and a bunch of clients who were super excited about what we were doing with them together. So that's the story till till the smash fly time. When it comes to all of those technologies, because I mean, first advantage had an applicant tracking system, background check. I mean, there was a ton of stuff there. Findly, obviously, was an entirely different segment of technologies, and then Hodus who did have some tech, but they really weren't tech. How, I mean, yeah. being able to merge them all together into one, and then also all the technical debt that had to be paid, did you just start over from ground zero and use the data? Because you're talking about being able to, to, to build new technologies, that's really hard to do off the back of some of the old tech that you guys were inheriting. Yeah, again, a very good question. Uh, so the first thing we did uh, is basically invest in what we called as uh, OmniData, which was kind of that one single data platform which connected all these solutions together. And that gave us the early win so that we can kind of, you know, sell these pieces. Obviously, background check, as I mentioned, was completely taken out of the equation. We didn't we didn't bring that into this technology, right? So that mm-hmm. was that was first advantage. And you guys you guys had a podcast about how first advantage had a great exit. So that was that was a completely separate business. But everything else, we we first connected the data uh, and started that work in 2015. And then to your point, we looked at it and said, the tech debt was too much to pay. So we kind of rewrote everything starting 2015. We we basically took all the the knowledge, uh, all the lesson learned from all these platforms, but Mm -hmm. rebuilt the the front end and the back end uh, in in the modern mean stack, as, as we call it. Uh, and then and then upgraded pretty much as of twenty late twenty eighteen, we had upgraded all the clients uh, into that one single platform, which we called as Experience Cloud. So, I mean that's why you know some of us as you were, you were saying, hey, you know, ha- you know, we have not been that active in the market talking about Symphony specifically because we basically were focused a lot more on ensuring that we have an awesome set of stable, awesome clients who are really happy with what we have done with the integrated platform. Mm-hmm. And that was the journey till 2019, uh, sorry, 2018. Uh, and then we were ready to kind of look at the future uh, with everything else we had. So that probably brings you into the Smashfly acquisition um, as part of your 2019 initiatives. What was the catalyst of that? What was some of the pieces they brought to the table that you didn't have? And where are there some complementary technologies? 
Yeah, exactly. So that that story of uh, kind of thinking about Smashfly, or frankly, initially it was, we were looking at growth from an organic perspective or an organic perspective, and we debated that a lot, and we decided to look at both uh, and to invest in invest in both. But as we looked at the market and we ended up finding Smashfly, we felt like Smashfly had so many complementary capabilities, which we didn't have. And also from a client base perspective, as we bring the client base, both the companies together, it created a you know organization which which is very difficult to be matched in the in the modern recruiter marketing uh, platforms industry, right? So specifically talking about areas which Smashfly was really strong in. Uh, if you think about the depth which Smashfly had in in the recruiter marketing space, just purely as we think about the CRM, the depth which Smashfly has and had. Is unmatchable, uh, you know, frankly, by by anyone in, in the in the industry right now. And on the other hand, Symphony Talent had focused a lot more on the experience of the candidate, the personalization which comes with that engagement. A lot of the, lot of the automation part of recruitment marketing when it came to kind of building these drip campaigns, which can which can automatically personalize itself and run through the different ecosystems and finding the personas. And that angle is what Symphony Talent focused a lot more on, a lot more on. And obviously also on the on the programmatic media and that engagement, right? So when we looked at the CRM depth which Smashfly had and the experiential capabilities which Symphony Talent had and the programmatic capability we had, uh, if you think about the overall recruitment marketing or the talent acquisition life cycle, you know we we basically had the best of breed in all the areas, and it just made sense. And we had the experience bringing technologies together before, so we looked at it and said, "What does it take for us to bring Smashfly and and Experience Cloud together uh, into one single solution?" And we were very very convinced that that the pieces, the way they were built, and the way they, we could bring them together. Uh, there was a there was an easy path to that with keeping all of our clients happy, so we decided to go down that path and uh, and it's been what three months now, uh, and and it's been it's been it's been amazing because we couldn't have been we couldn't have been more right on our assumptions on bringing Smashfly into Symphony Tower. So you were looking at 2015 rewriting everything so that you have a Unicode and you you got it out to all clients in 2018. That, that takes a little while. I totally understand. It was all upgraded. Yeah. Yeah. So now you have another piece. And I mean, this does, it sounds like it fits well within, again, the constructs of your ecosystem. But again, this is this is an integration. How long is it going to take? for customers to be integrated into uh, the Smashfly piece that's already integrated into all the other technologies that you have? Yeah, no, very good question. Again, uh, on the clarification on that 2015 to 18, right? There was a path around basically 2015, we started with a blank slate without anything uh, in May 2015. And uh, and basically the platform was first announced, if you guys remember in, in like, mid-2016 was when we announced Experience Cloud and Media Cloud. And then there was basically a journey to get get the clients on it because we don't want to kind of disrupt their journey, right? Uh, we want to ensure we, we upgrade as it makes sense. Mm-hmm. So that's basically, you know, 2018 was the time when we had paid all, all our tech debt with all clients upgraded into that integrated platform. Now, now the the journey is going to be a little different from here because the way we one the way we built these platforms, right? So especially the Experience Cloud, 
Uh, the, it's basically going to be an incremental add-on to Smashfly. So we are basically taking the Smashfly platform. And the reason I was mentioning that we couldn't have been more right about the acquisition was we've already kind of upgraded the candidate experience or the career website platform in Smashfly with what we had with Experience Cloud. And we have our we have three clients already kind of running on it as we speak who were Smashfly clients. And then basically pretty much what that means is going forward, the Smashfly platform now has all the personalization engine and all the you know content marketing and content capabilities, which Symphony Talents Experience Cloud had pretty much right now. Because again, it was built in that way. It's because we had paid all the tech debt in a, in, a, in a good way previously. The next thing we are going to see is basically the programmatic media platform uh, getting plugged into Smashfly platform. Uh, and that's in, 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 in line for basically a late Q1 launch, uh, which basically then will upgrade the Smashfly platform to have all things programmatic uh, from job boards to banners to social to basically uh, Google AdWords and all those pieces built into Smashfly as a friend of Q1. We should create a drinking game for every time that you say experience cloud, that Chad and I do a shot. I think that, that would be a good idea as we can hear. So you, you mentioned programmatic and you guys offer a ton of shit, but let's, let's focus on that real quick. As you know, and listeners know, uh, programmatic was a hot button uh, through 2019. You had acquisitions, uh, the 800 pound gorilla by most estimates with AppCast. Um, being acquired, like talk about sort of your view of programmatic, where it's going, where it's been, and, and how you guys fit into that. Yeah, that's again a good question. So, programmatic, a lot of our view of programmatic was generated directly from from consumer marketing, um, and uh, basically, programmatic, as this industry knows, is very, very, very focused on job board advertising and kind of optimizing your spend across job boards. Uh, we obviously are are very. You know, we, we do believe that's important. We we basically optimize across all the job boards and 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 the spend across those. But we also add on basically all the other forms of paid media, whether it is basically banner ads or social or Google AdWords or 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 video uh, pre rolls and all those pieces. And we optimize basically spends across all those pieces, which kind of helps us in one way look at passive and active candidates. And, uh, and we report on that most, mo- both from a, what we call as drivers of candidates, but also from an influencers of candidates and ensuring that we create a good mix of that as the programmatic drives in, right? Because one of the risks of programmatic is that you might just always be optimizing towards the minimum cost to apply or minimum cost to click, which may not always be the right thing for the organization, especially if they're looking at quality as a big driver. So... That's one of the differentiators in programmatic uh, for us, especially bringing some of our experience from the consumer side, that how do we really focus on not just the click or the apply, which is what most of the programmatic in the, in the industry optimizes to, to basically ensuring that we focus on the quality of applies and the actual, actual basically, you know, detail which goes into the application as we go through the process. And the fact that we have a CRM and and that integrates optim- automatically into the programmatic piece helps us kind of do that because we are also applying the quality lens as we get the applications and then optimizing across all the active and passive sources of media. Okay, listener, how can you help your employees become more productive? I have answers. How about automating 
manual and repetitive tasks, giving meaning to data, then allowing that data to actually drive decisions. And how about matching people to your jobs quicker? Well, wait, the Chad and Cheese has a new LLM? No, Cheeseman, I'm talking about text kernel. Ah, okay, that makes more sense. What I'm hearing is the groundbreaking concept of, wait for it, yeah, simplicity. <laughs> seriously, though, seriously. Text kernel cuts through the complexities like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh, my God. Really? Nacho references already. Anyways, text uh. kernel brings efficiency and productivity to your operations. Text kernel seamlessly unifies your tools and data to drive efficiencies and success. Text Kernel is creating new opportunities for your recruitment journey, kind of like adding guac to my barbacoa burrito. Oh my God. How about extracting meaningful insights from data? I mean, that, that's something. Swiftly matching yeah. people with jobs, automating repetitive tasks. Who knew such advanced concepts were even possible in the land of human resources? Uh, we did, Chad. We did. Dude, wrap it up. I'm a little hungry. Imagine that. Uh, okay, listener, get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit textkernel.com. That's T-E-X-T-K-E-R-N-E-L.com. Mmm, nachos. <laughs> yeah, now, so we talked about pro programmatic, and you're dropping things like banner ads and job boards and things like that. So it, maybe Chad and I are too far ahead of, of the game, or maybe we're, we have our head in the clouds. Like from, from your perspective, and you guys offer a ton of options in terms of marketing um, your company, like what are the most impactful ways um, that companies can do that? I mean, is it still banner ads? Is it job boards? Um, and is it not, you know, AI and, and automation and things that we talk about on the show? Like where is the real customer finding success? Yeah, again, a great question because the answer is dependent on the job you're talking about and the location and basically the industry. It's a mixture of that. And, and that's exactly what our programmatic platform does. It kind of takes that guess out of the equation, right? Let's make the decision of exactly the question you asked on the fly based on where the real results are coming from for that particular job, for that particular category, for that particular industry, right? So as a job comes in, you're kind of finding whether the automation and talent community and those pieces are giving us the best results, then spend more on that versus maybe for an engineering job, the job board may not be the best option because there are not enough engineers looking on job boards to basically apply. You might have to basically spin off those banners and social and Google uh, keyword optimization to be able to do that. And that's exactly what the platform does. Just take the guess out of the equation and you just need to put your spend in there and you just need to figure out that, you just need to tell the system that this is your related priorities. And then, and then the guesswork is taken out because you're making decisions based on the real results. So you're, you're actually talking about quality with regard to where the jobs land, but not who's applying. Is that correct? Or are you actually doing some type of matching on the way in to assure that you are getting qualified job seekers? Because, I mean, obviously you can go to an engineering job site, which everybody has access to, 
and you can still get individuals who are not qualified. How is it? Is it just more of a ratio of, well, that's where the engineers are going to go. So we want to target where the job lands. Are you doing more than that in trying to actually match? More than that, because basically the same AI we use for matching on our CRM and our career website. So Uh if you go to our career website, for example, you know, a person can see what jobs are best fit for them based on their profile they have provided to the company. The same AI is used to match real time as the applicants come in. We use the applicant data to then basically hash to say, hey, based on historical performance of who has been matched to uh, this company and who has got hired, we are able to make a quick decision based on AI to say, all right, this seems like that particular applicant. To keep it very, very simple I'm into machine learning, uh, we can get into depth of that, but to a very, very simple sense, based on historical performance, we are making a decision on as the applies come in, are they quality applies or not? And then using that to determine where to spend the money on media, along with how the applications are pacing, how the organic clicks are pacing and so on and so forth. Okay. So let's back out of this real quick and say in 2019, with the acquisition of Smashfly, Symphony Talent made a made a big splash. I mean, that was that was a huge splash close to yep. the end of the year. But Symphony Talent really wasn't a big brand that anybody really heard about. There's a lot of tech going on, a lot of things going on be, behind the curtain. Is this yep. is 2020 going to be the year, the coming out year where the curtains are drawn? Everybody can see inside and we can start hearing more about these big tech advancements and programmatic and what you're doing with Smashfly. And is Smashfly going to just mold into Symphony or is the name going to stick around? Now, both good questions. So basically, and the answer is yes, on the 2020 being the year of both Smashfly and Symphony talent kind of being uh, coming in the limelight and what symphony talent is and what smashfly is for symphony talent kind of all that getting clarified so that you know everyone's clear in the market as to you know what how to buy from us right uh, to your point and ensuring that these you know we are unveiling all these pieces uh, especially in the context of how technology which was already at symphony talent and technology which which existed in smashfly is going to seamlessly integrate to drive that whole vision of, you know, system, uh, you know, humans should not be kind of going into the systems to kind of make guesses, but humans should actually be leveraging system to really have real human conversations. So that's basically what we are, we are hoping to do in 2020, kind of bringing, bringing all the pieces together, focusing on automation of all the way from what we're calling as awareness to offer, integrating with the ATS as the world, which we already do really well, so that you know the human beings in this in this equation, uh, the recruiters and the candidates spend most time talking to each other rather than searching for things which already the systems can provide, right? So that's basically what we are doing, and we, you'll see us a lot more in the market. You, if you were at TAV last week, uh, we we made a big splash of what Symphony Talent and Smashfly can do together, and we are going to continue to do that. We'll obviously use our Transform conference to bring that further to life. Mm-hmm. And 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 we'll we'll basically be leveraging all the opportunities in 2020 and even even forward to do that. Now to your second question, uh, Symphony Talent and Smashfly are both going to exist as brands. Symphony Talent has kind of you know excelled in being known as that brand, although it's not known as a in the technology as a technology brand. Uh, the the all the pieces we have brought together 
Symphony Talent is being perceived as a brand which can kind of be brought in to kind of really help you transform your overall brand engagement with the talent right from the right from awareness to advocacy as we call it so we're going to continue leveraging symphony talent for ensuring that uh, we we get into those conversations where it makes sense and then smashfly is is going to be our one single product suite which basically will slowly bring in all the pieces including the programmatic pieces including the personalization pieces uh, the skill assessment pieces and everything else you you heard from me about what Symphony Talent had, and you'll see the Smashfly product evolving really really quickly in the next two quarters, uh, where where basically you know the competition won't be able to get to because of all the pieces which Symphony Talent also had. Let's pivot to uh, to employer branding for a second. Um, and historically, branding started at a company's career site, right? That's where the videos were. That's where the sort of the, the identity was created. And I think uh, more and more in some of the startups that we've talked to in companies, uh, you know, a lot of the apply stuff happens from the job search, right? It doesn't, they don't have to go to the company site anymore to apply because of one click solution. So I'm curious, um, do you still agree that the, the career site is a major component to employer branding or is employment branding moving on to social media, Glassdoor, YouTube, external sources, as opposed to the, the home site? What are your opinions on that? Yeah, again, the employer branding is going through the same evolution which, which consumer branding did, right? In many ways, that's how people basically, if you... I know some of my early early conversations about employer branding in talent acquisition space. Uh, I talked a lot about omni-channel employer branding. Uh, this was early, you know, twenty fifteen as I came in because I was kind of very biased on what I saw on the consumer side. It was all about kind of, you know, yeah, career site is a hub in still in many ways because you still come to the career website to kind of get to know a little bit more about certain things. You click on a zip recruiter or whatever, you come into the job page and that's still in the career website. But the idea is that gone are the days where you create those basically ton of pages on the website and you keep, you hope that people will come to that page because we have data that between homepage, job search, and job description page and career website, most of the traffic of the web of the career website is between those pages and all the other pages are almost never visited, right? And so if you focus on those and if you focus on, uh, to your point, on social, on, on you know, Glassdoor, on Indeed, on, on banners and every single touch point, on the emails you send out, on that text you send out, on that, on that WhatsApp you send out, right? Everything is part of your brand equation now. And, and basically a, a relationship management solution which can help you kind of really manage that brand across all these touch points is what you need as a as a recruiter marketing professional and not a something which can manage the career website separately versus social separately versus advocacy separately. It all needs to be one single solution. That's exactly why we're excited about what we have here. Sure. It makes you that much more valuable with all these different channels to, to brand companies. Yep. Yep. And how all those works closely together with, with real data, making decision on where do you need to focus, right? Because some, depending on the roles, depending on, on the type of job you're talking about, different channels might be important as compared to others. Right. But the black hole is the biggest issue, I would say, that most companies have from an inexperienced standpoint. Hiring companies have flashy websites and videos and blog post writers and all, all this all this wonderful, fun stuff, great content. But the experience still sucks for candidates. 
Yep. What is what is what is Symphony doing to really get rid of that black hole experience? Because that doesn't just impact the quote unquote employer brand. If I'm buying something from that company, I might stop. That could prospectively impact the consumer brand as well. What is Symphony Talent doing to get rid of the black hole? How is that going to happen? Yep. No, again, a wonderful question because ATS, as you get to the ATS point and when we are making decisions as an employer as to do we spend time with the, with the candidate or not, that's where you know the processes, the human intervention comes in and basically, you know, Candidates never hear back. And yeah, you can have a flashy website, as you said, and you get into the application process. Sometimes it becomes complex. So uh, so our solution to that is a combination of things. One is to ensure that we are having very, very deep integration with ATS, where we can still provide that seamless, like one check, one click type checkout experience, as we call it, the application experience. Uh, so, so that it can be seamless if you go in for, as a candidate, you want to apply. And we are working with, and a lot of it is also working with companies to really figure out, and that's where our transformation capabilities, uh, working with companies to figure out, is that what you really need in your apply process? Or can you, can you cut these things off and move this later and things like that? And I think we are making real progress with companies in kind of thinking about what really needs to go into the application and, and how can we seamlessly integrate that in? So that's one part of it. The second part is as these decisions are getting made in the company and, you know, the the people are not being talked to because now they are in the black hole, uh, we are kind of bringing in our engagement engine as part of the CRM to, like, ensure that, you know, we, we bubble up people who are – so we kind of quickly use our uh, matching algorithm to figure out who are the people we should be talking to right away and, and uh-huh. push the recruiters – push the recruiters to talk to them quickly uh, and and give that visibility to the execs also. That's the aspect I was talking about around automation and kind of ensuring that people are not, you know, just searching searching in systems and trying to figure out the right people, but, but people who are really best fits getting bubbled up pretty quickly so that those conversations are enabled quickly. And then people who are not that great fit uh, based on the matching, kind of ensuring that we are talking to them also, right? Depending on... Hey, are they are they repeat applicants? In that case, there's a different conversation happening. If there is less data available about them, let's let's have conversations about skills and assessments and stuff like that, and talk about what else they can grow in and stuff like that. So that it's not it's not that it's it's a hey, a recruiter picks up the phone and calls this person conversation, but it's about all those conversations which can happen with a candidate all through the life cycle of the application and eventually as they get hired, right? So again, I think there's a lot of work which needs to be done as a process and also technology in that area, but but I think we're making a lot of progress there. All right, Rupresh, I'm going to let you out on this. Uh, you, you actually mentioned TikTok on the Symphony website and Chad <laughs> and I couldn't, couldn't be happier about that. Uh, yeah. You talk about Snap and others. So I'm curious sort of uh, on social media, what are, you, what are your thoughts on the real progressive stuff like the TikToks and, and Snapchats? Are companies of yours actually using those mediums to effectiveness? Um, and if not, what will they be doing? Uh, what social media platforms do you see fading um, for your customers and which ones are sort of at the top of the bell curve right now? Yeah. So I think the social media platforms are going through an evolution, right? Facebook used to be the coolest thing <laughs> five to six years ago, and now it's 
my dad and my granddads basically spend their time on, on Facebook right now, right? <laughs> to be honest. So I, I'm actually unfriending people on Facebook because basically all my family is out there and it's more of a is more of a, a different conversation there, right? As compared to the uh, the Instagrams. And so I think it, it'll continue to happen. And you'll see that every year, basically, uh, you know, new platforms will come in. You know, TikTok is basically the medium for, for you know, the, the youngest of the generations, I guess, these days. Uh, but that said, to your specific question on jobs, uh, I would say how it can be used in job and advertising and, and getting people connected to companies it again depends on the persona you're targeting and we have used snapchat effectively in in some persona specifically uh around around uh you know university targeting and stuff like that we have used snapchat very effectively in the past uh we've used tiktok effectively in in case of very specific like uh, what do you call uh millennial type campaigns where we had to kind of create uh there was a diversity campaign we ran, which we used TikTok very effectively with kind of bringing in advocates uh, who basically could uh, could basically share share their videos and kind of bring that in. So again, my point is, each platform has its own its own you know area, and Facebook I think is still an effective medium of basically advertising, especially as now its its reach has increased beyond the early adopters. I would say in the early two thousands, uh, you know, mid two thousand period to now, basically pretty much. Everyone is on Facebook, so I think it's still an effective me- uh, social media uh, platform. So my my simple answer to that is each of those platforms has its own you know areas, and you'll see that evolving more because with more and more platforms coming in, there will be these niches where a single platform might make sense, and uh, and that's where a platform likes like what we have at Symphony will be effective because you're not trying to guess what is working; you're trying to kind of uh, leave it to the platforms to make a decision, and then you're focused on the content and the personalization you want to produce, really. Well, excellent, Rupesh. We appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to speak uh, to a couple of knuckleheads. Um, if, if people if people want to find out more about you uh, or Symphony Talent, Smashfly, where would you send them? Symphony Talent, uh, specifically www.symphonytalent.com. I think uh, that's the best place and we are integrating Smashfly into that content. Uh, so that's probably the one single place of truth as we as we progress. And uh, more about me, just just Google Rupesh Nair, as you called it. <laughs> uh, I think you'll, you'll get to the right place. Excellent. Appreciate it. We out. We out, and we wear short shorts. <laughs> oh, so bad. Hi, I'm Emma. Thanks for listening to my dad, the Chad, and his buddy Cheese. This has been the Chad and Cheese podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single show. Be sure to check out our sponsors because their money goes to my college fund. For more, visit chadcheese.com. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. 
Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.